Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Guts Racing, Fox Racing Canada, as well as Fox down in the USA, Fox Moto, as well as we've got Phoenix Handlebars on with us. They make fitting your bike with new bars a little bit easier with custom tailored bar bends and heights that are easy to understand go over to phoenix handlebars today find yourself something uh with a brand that is all about enjoying uh two wheels and, and everything about it uh, jason over at uh, phoenix handlebars is a salty earth kind of guy and uh you, you would do yourself a favor by getting yourself some phoenix handlebars we've also got i checking my watch right now it is definitely time for uh i'm checking my throttle timepieces watch which means it's time for a podcast with none other than the great dave drakes who is the owner operator big boss with the hot sauce over at the collective experience which is the most inclusive and exclusive way to take in a particular race whether you want to be a race winning mechanic those guys have gone through as well we have brandon mazika who's currently the crew chief over at the Team PRMX Kawasaki team uh, who took that program. He's then gone through uh, the race tech program and he went on to become a, uh, he, he took the, the the collective experience. Now he's a crew chief in the, the racing. We've got Joe Cancellari who took the, he, he was a, was an intern with the collective experience. At one point he was the personal trainer for none other than Adam Cerullo. You probably heard of him as well as uh, the great Cole Beach. And I remember his name, James Stewart doesn't, but either way, uh, he's also the producer and does all the editing for the Bubba's World podcast. So those three very different avenues that you can go down, uh, getting some experience with the collective experience, but it can be the means to a fantastic ending. Now we welcome on to the show, probably the best intro that I've ever given him, and he does not deserve it. Dave Drakes. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Definitely, I will say that is probably one of the better intros that you've given me. And honestly, like I, I need that because half the time I forget all the cool things that our freaking interns do, man. Like I, I become buddies at some point. And then you just forget how you met them and what they're doing now. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, like cool. a, a guy like that's Brandon easy. and a guy like uh, Joe, who uh, yeah. through working with uh, the collective or through uh, the team, like the, the the W training facility, I believe he was working with um, uh, Chase Sexton as well at the time. Um, and uh, Joe's an awesome guy. And then also you have Cole Beach. Uh, you're kind of always kind of stuck in the moment, working, worrying about the next vip experience um but um you've been able to cultivate some pretty interesting individuals to have uh that have carved out some some roles for themselves in the sport and uh the, the collective experience is that first stepping stone yeah i mean I, i've been very fortunate to be able to get a good interns that are you know ambitious they just need a little bit of a guiding hand to the right opportunity so uh, i'm glad i could be that that guiding hand for them and, and present them with uh these these cool experiences, these cool hands-on experiences that help build the resume, build the the uh, the rolodex of connections, uh, and 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 springboard them to uh, to this great opportunity. So I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm I feel very proud that the program has had uh, such a great impact on the sport, and I'm very grateful for awesome supporters of Big Radio. And uh, it's been cool to be able to talk about this. You know how, how great and impactful our, our program is in the sport. 
Absolutely. So before we jump into uh, this podcast, uh, where we're going to talk about Anaheim 1 and all of the festivities that went on there, uh, I think it would be uh, uh, amiss if we didn't uh, discuss the fact that for the first time since the uh, Atlanta Supercross in 2020, which was the last Supercross that I had gone to, you and I were in the same place at the same time, uh, talking about Supercross, uh, connecting and, and actually being in the same spot, it was so nice to uh, finally see your your uh, your smiling face in person, and it all went down in uh, Anaheim, California, this weekend. Where uh, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought it was 2019. <laughs> yeah, man, I was, I'm pretty I was pretty stoked to uh, see you walking around, and it, it did feel a little bit better than years past. You know, no masks, and I'm not anti-mask by any means, but um, it was just. It was just I don't think anyone like was pro-mask kind of, pre pre-pandemic yeah. you know what i mean like yeah Exa- anyway. yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah so so um no yeah it was it just felt it felt just like before the whole covid deal so right everybody right. was out smiling and you saw a lot of people you haven't seen for a little while and i'm sure everyone was happy to see you as well so yeah it was it was cool man it felt it felt good to get back to some sense of normalcy a little bit right as much as much as we can but yeah it was uh it was definitely a good one Certainly was, and, and uh, I'm great to see you. Um, you were hovering around uh, the great David Pulley, as well as uh, I believe it's uh, Addison Emery, who are, are both rising stars within the sport. Yep. Um, both of which uh, were were with our, our friend Colton, who uh, people may be a little bit more familiar with Patched MX, but he's done a little bit of a rebrand lately. Tell me a little bit about that, and uh, and t- hanging around that uh, pit crew today or this weekend. Yeah, so it's really cool. Uh, Colton's out of the Utah area, and I'm sure people have seen him or at least seen his work. Colton with Patch to Max has done some of the coolest butt patches for everyone's favorite riders from Adam Cirillo, um, all the way down. Yeah, AC, Mookie, yeah, everyone. Pretty much everyone's had a Patch to Max butt patch. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he started signing them racing, and he's got uh, Dave Foley, um and uh, he's got Addison on there as well, and. Uh, he's he's really supporting these guys, giving them a place to call home uh, at their races. He's driving all the rounds and so, uh, providing just as much support, crew chief support as he as he can. Um, you know, I was over there trying to sling some wrenches for Pulley and helping him where I could, and um, it just it's just good vibe. You can see a brand that really back to the riders, you know, at, at all levels, and um, you know he's out there literally cutting product for people in the pits, and just he's just got such a passion and dedication to to doing what he does that it's uh it, it really invigorates everyone around him to give out their best as well so hats off to him absolutely plus i think his girlfriend's pretty good looking so that helps too um like great to see him great to see you um <laughs> your biggest takeaway aside from the racing from uh from the weekend um was it the just how comfortable things were uh good to see people what, what were the things that sort of say stuck out of your mind as you kind of reflect back on saturday Um, I guess just good to see people, man. You, you honestly forget that this is sort of like a small family. And as you're walking around, you forget how, like, how many people know who you are. You know what I mean? So, you know, walking through the pits and we're like, oh, hey, it's okay. good to see you again. And shaking hands. And it's like, oh, crap, man, I forgot. It. Like, you know, I've, I've got friends because I've been so secluded in the, in the pandemic and stuff. You know what I mean? So that's that really cool. And, I mean, and just like, just like any other fan of the sport, it's so great to see all of the new bikes the shiny new rigs, the cool new sponsor logos, that's all, like, it gets you really amped up. I mean, I spent just as much time as an eight-year-old fan 
drooling over, you know, Brett Lawrence's championship bike or you know, Cole's is, you know, played bike or, or whatever it is, right? It's, it's just it's super it's super cool to see a lot of the, the new shiny, flashy parts and pieces and bikes and stuff, man. It was awesome. Certainly is, yeah, and like uh, I really like the presence yeah. of a lot of different teams. Uh, great to see, and uh, oh, yeah, let's, for sure. Let's let's talk about it, man. Uh, let's jump straight into the two fifty. One more thing that I do want to bring up. Yeah, yeah. One more thing I do want to mention. Uh, I will be remiss if I don't. I don't know if you if you think the same thing, but is this not the best opening ceremonies like intro videos that we've ever seen before? I don't know about ever. They were all phenomenal. The like the 2017 ones with, uh, with Dino when he was like he was on the Sea-Doo and he gets the call and that one was pretty epic. I think that one's like th- that year was tough to beat because there was a lot of good ones. Uh, but this one was pretty epic yeah. and like I like you you we've talked about this in the past. Like, uh, we go to so many of these races, but by the, by the end of the year, uh, the pyro's going off and the videos are going and we're not even watching because we've seen them so many times, but. This was one of my favorite ones, yep, yep. and it was just cool to see all that stuff come back. You have the the uh, the monster girls with the flamethrowers, uh, and on this that and the other thing. And uh, yeah, it's um, Monster Energy Supercross is the place to be. Like, it's awesome to go to either watch on the uh, the video pass if you're international or listening and watching it on Peacock, um, or I guess is it CNBC, CSNBC or something like that. Or where they're put, or they're playing it now in the states. Either way, um, I was uh, I was I was stoked to watch it and uh, cool to be there. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't know if it's the absolute best because I think it maybe sticks out a little bit more when I was younger. Um, mm. It just means that much, like that was so much more special, so to speak. Um, but certainly, uh, certainly up there as far as videos. And if if you, if there's a supercross coming to someone's town who's listening yeah. to this. Yeah, you're going to want to go more than just daytime program. You're going to want to go and, and watch the race as well. For sure. Definitely. And, like, this is one time where I've actually sat there and was, like, really stoked on every single uh, intro video. Like, every single thing that they did, I was like, wow, that was cool. Oh, crap. That Which was one was your cool. favorite? Oh, man, that was cool, you know? So. My favorite? Oh, dude, it's really hard to beat uh, Jason Anderson's man. Like the team fried, like they just they mm-hmm. get it, man. Yeah, it was just it was really really good. I think I I got to give the nod to to AP. I oh. love I love his uh... AP. I was yeah, AP was a close second. Yeah, it was really really good. <laughs> AP got... was a close second. The, the whole the whole mustache pull and the wink that was good. Oh, that's, that's there's there's nothing quite like that. Kind of like uh, as I said something in. Yeah. Uh, um, I think it was in uh, either the press box or it was I was down with you guys that like um, at, like Plessinger is like a classy version of Josh Greco, <laughs> like a corporate version. Like if, if there was if, if Josh uh, I, Greco I, I, ever I, I got can, a factory I ride, he'd have he would like he'd have to conform a little bit, and that would be Aaron Plessinger. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is like why I love Josh Greco is like the dude. Yeah, he he has this wild like. Um, like wild side, he's, he's out there, but dude, like whenever he needs to turn it up and like be a professional, present himself well, or be articulate or like, you know, talk to like a little kid. And he, he really knows when to hop into the right form of Josh Greco. So I'd be very surprised to see what would happen. If somebody goes, Josh, me the fill-in guy for Roxon, 
let's get to it. Like I would oh be very shocked to see what that what, what that version of Greco looks like. Certainly, yeah, that that would be uh, like getting out of his comfort zone a little bit. But I think he might be capable of it. Um, we're twelve minutes into the podcast. I think he'd be do, I think he'd do good. Twelve minutes in here, and we haven't talked about any of the results. That's that's on us, but uh, we need to catch up a little bit. Hopefully, people don't mind. Uh, but uh, first and foremost, we got to get into the 250 class here. Um, and the thing that jumps off the page at me first when looking at the results and thinking of the night is uh, a, maybe one of the like most underrated rides of the night on a night where there was a ton of things happening. Um, Josh Moseman comes around dead last after qualifying second, winning a heat race, comes all the way back to sixth spot uh, from basically, he he had to have been on the ground on the first lap because he came, like he, unless he like hit the gate harder than, uh, than Joe Shimoda, uh, who ended up um, in seventh, seventh on the night. Um, Moseman came all the way back from dead last to sixth place. I think that's uh, maybe the one of the more underrated rides of the, of the night. Oh, definitely. I mean, I will say that this class is very front heavy, but still getting through on a track like this, which which had two sets of extremely treacherous flips, carnage pretty much everywhere, and a bit softer of an A1 than we saw uh, in, in, in years past. I can't remember any time actually where I've seen A1 be this soft, maybe say for the mutter of 05 or something like that, which is obviously a little bit of extreme, but um yeah, I, I wish this his ride got more got more uh, got more attention because I mean he had to get by some pretty fast guys. Chris blows Thrasher uh, Thompson. I mean uh, Wageman's not slow. He really he really put in a solid performance, and I think that is a clear indicator of where he stands in the sport right now and wh- what's to come throughout the season. So I think we're going to see a Mike Moseman really. I turned some heads this year and really wakes up a lot of people to who he is and to his brand. Um, Cause he's, he's, he's common. He's, he's going to be a force. Now I don't think he's quite where the, where Christian Craig uh, or Hunter Lawrence is per se, but I guarantee you if he gets to the right circumstance, gets a good start, he's going to be a thorn in the side of these guys. If not grab a sneaky win once these guys uh, falter. Yeah, he's, he's definitely coming. Uh, it, that's been a couple of years now. Um, before we get into more results, we got to talk about uh, a couple of injuries that that really hampered not only mine and your uh, Pulpamex fantasy scores. Uh, and if uh, if someone still wants to join <laughs> the uh, yeah. the Bigamex Radio official league, it is a twenty dollar buy in. Uh, I'll allow some some late entries if people want to uh, direct message me on Instagram. Uh, maybe someone had an awesome week and they, they want to jump in. Uh, I'll extend the entry. Uh, of course, that wouldn't include you, Dave, because I know you did just as poorly as I did. Um, but if someone wants to still join the league, it's not too late. You can still join. Uh, but it's uh, Colt Nichols, who uh, a fractured uh, radius, as well as a, I think it was either a scaphoid or um, uh, what's that other bone in your wrist? Um uh, navicular, uh, the navicular, um, oh, yeah, um, one arm, but basically broke, broke both his goddamn arms, uh, in a crash where he was completely by himself, very uncharacteristic that he would crash in the whoops. He's just so polished. Uh, that was in a heat race. Um, and then he also got some burns from, uh, that pipe that just goes cycloning around the, uh, the engine that was laying on top of him. 
Bummer to see uh, Colt get injured like that. Huge hit to the series. Obviously, he's a defending champion from the the other coast, so he was obviously a uh, a champion, uh, championship contender. Likely, um, obviously, if if Justin Cooper isn't able to race Supercross this year and star racing. Um, protests some or like petitions the AMA to let him stay down for next year I would imagine they do the exact same thing with Colt which would see both those guys back in the class next year uh, and another guy who you'll actually see this weekend that got hurt was Jalik Swole who I had on my team and uh, yeah I took a big zero on that but what's more important is that uh, Jalik is safe and uh, and will be able to line up later on this week Yeah, that was that was uh, that was a bummer, man. I mean, looking at um, crashes that uh, that Nichols had, you would all you would honestly assume that him and Jalik like swapped injuries. You know what I mean? Because uh, really, Jalik looked much more treacherous, but uh, treacherous. But uh, yeah, it's such a bummer, man. I, Colt Nichols was really, really my top pick for for this. Man. He, he's super, super good in, uh, in practice, and um, I don't know, just. Just smooth, man. Just typical Colt fashion. Uh, and Jalik, man, that crash, holy crap, Brad. That, I don't know about you, but that's like one of my biggest fears in racing is clipping somebody in the air and then just coming down straight to the dome, man. That is that is gnarly. So, well, I, I thought bet, he got, uh, I thought he broke you know, his arm. Can, like, I swear to God, his arm looked like more of a noodle when he hit the ground. And maybe he's just more flexible yeah, than I thought. But I like crazy. his his left arm looked like it was uh, a little worse for wear there. Uh, glad to see that he's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, like Colt leaving the series, uh, he certainly won't be back. And then you also have Jalik, who uh, he's already one race down. So uh, in a short series like this, I don't yeah. have a lot of hope for him, uh, especially if he's going to be riding injured next week. Like he won't be, he, there's no way he's 100%. He'll still be a little bit banged up, but um, yeah. Yeah, good, good to, to not lose both of them. Uh, and then I also had uh, Carson yeah, Brown sure. in, in, in fantasy, who uh, I'm sure a lot of pe- people also did. I think he was a 46% pick trend. So essentially half oh, wow. of people who had him, uh, who, like half of the, the whole league or whole whole like Pulp Mix Fantasy had him on their team. So uh, that's that, that's a zero that I shared with uh, a lot of people. Um but either way, uh, yeah, he's a he's he he get, I think he gets an honorary hockey car a hockey player um, uh, certificate for uh, now. He's going to be competing with a few less teeth in his mouth. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty crazy. And if I if I understand correctly, it wasn't even like a crash. I think he just OJ and 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 hit no, it was in the whoops. face a little bit. It was so, in the whoops, and he took a yeah, he took yeah, the, the front brake lever to the face. Uh, and what's crazy is every single lap. I don't know if everybody watched the uh, uh, the the practice uh, Supercross live, but holy crap! I feel like every lap there was at least two or three guys down the whoops. There was that yellow flag was waving nonstop. That whoever had was waving that yellow flag. Whoever had this flag, that dude has a massive bicep and wrist. And, yeah, that guy's forearms just, are like it was are straight up like Popeye non-stop. today. Yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. Was... Non-stop, man. So. For sure. Yeah. So my, my first and foremost question to you about this class is, is can he get it done? Um, Christian Craig with an Anaheim one victory. Um, he led 13 laps. He looked strong. Um, he had, a, he had good qualifying. He won his, won his heat race. Good start. 
uh, led a lot of laps, um, and he was he's basically as advertised. Where people talking about how fast he was going in the off season, uh, but uh, we've seen him have some success early in seasons before. We've also seen him not uh, be able to complete those uh, those efforts. Um, is this the year that uh, Christian Craig gets it done? Honestly, I have to say this is going to be his best shot. His biggest competition with his teammate Colt Nichols and Colt series right now with those injuries. And I really don't see anyone who can who can match his uh, who can match his pace. I mean, there's get wins. Don't get me wrong. If if Christian gets a bad start or goes down, something happens. But I mean, and and a one to one battle with anybody else on this on this this uh, main main event robbers also list. I don't really think anyone else has has what it takes to to knock him down. I mean, you might see somebody sort of faster lap in practice or qualifying, but the racecraft that Christian Craig has from just years and years of being a top contender in this class, it's unmatched right now. I mean, uh, he's on the best bike, arguably the best team in the 250 class. He's probably got the most seat time in this class, apart from like an Alex Martin. Um, he just got he has too many things. In his corner for him to, for me to say that. Um, again, that's not saying that anyone in, in this class isn't uh, just, just isn't fast or, or can't get a win here and there. I just think when it comes to the consistent weekend week out uh, title threat, it's 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 only going to come from Christian Craig. Man, uh, I I almost see it playing out that way. Yeah, like it. I I think uh, speed wise, the the only guys I know who are going to consistently be a thorn in his side for the remainder of the series are Seth Hamaker, um, Moseman, Joe Shimoda, and Lawrence. And on, if you want to pick out of those guys, I think that I give the the, the nod to Seth Hamaker. I think he's got top-end speed. The same thing with um, Hunter Lawrence. Those two, if they get starts, they, they're maybe the only two guys in the class that can race away from Christian, uh, who's also been his own worst enemy in a lot of these championships as well. Like If, if not for some self-inflicted wounds uh, over the years, he's probably not in this class. He's probably... Uh, cha- like battling for top fives in the 450 class. Um, but uh, I really liked Hammaker's ride. I liked his qualifying. I liked his starts. Um, I, I, I liked him all day. Uh, he looked really, really solid. Uh, obviously, uh, Joe Shimoda getting uh, caught up in the heat, uh, on the, in the gate, rather. Uh, still a good uh, good ride for him to come, come back to seventh. Um, in, in general, I was really impressed with both those guys on green, which is uh, a step in the right for du- direction for a team that hasn't had a lot to celebrate in the last little while. No, for sure, I I, I definitely agree. I think it's uh, it's it's cool to see a, a, a different bike color up on the podium besides just all blue. So um, yeah, that that's that's really cool. One, one rider that we didn't talk about too much is uh, is Thrasher, and I don't I don't want to downplay this potential or speed. Um, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of buzz that he's going to be like the next Cole, give it a few races. Would, would you agree that Thrasher is somebody who could be a, a title contender this early in his career? Um, honestly, he's going to have to show it to me at a normal Supercross. Uh, his best finish at a regular yeah. Supercross, I believe, is a fifth. Um, so in order for him to be a title contender, he needs to win an in-stadium Supercross. I, I, I get it that um, Al- Atlanta Supercrosses are still Supercrosses, but they are still uh, like a, a lot more uh, open concept than you would say uh, a, a, the confines of a football or a baseball stadium. 
Um, Nate Thrasher is a guy who's got an extremely bright future. If he gets good starts, he, he did start 18th. He moved his way up to 12th. If, if he gets good starts and he's able to uh, harness a little bit more speed in qualifying, um, I, I could see him certainly be uh, a mainstay in the top five. Um, but when he gets there, he's going to have uh, guys like Vince Freezy, uh, Michael Moseman, Joe Shimoda contest, contend with, like even with Colt going out of this series, and you know JLX going to be there too. There's a lot of talent, especially at the front end of this class. Oh, definitely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm actually excited to see uh, if Baker can smooth out just a little bit and sort of get that more tenured uh, two fifty guy sort of. Uh, that that presence, that that race craft, that mindset of racing, continuing to race forward, even at the three quarter, um, you know, and 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 farther mark, uh, I, I'd be very shocked to see, or, or I, I'd be shocked to see him do well uh, in the next couple of races. I think he's someone that, uh, that I see as having a lot of potential, and kind of woke me up a little bit watching a one and watching him kind of lap out with uh, with um, Chris Craig, so. That's somebody I'm really got my eyes on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, we're, we're in for a super uh, a treat here with this series. What do you make of uh, Vince Freezy? Uh, he's got to be somewhere in the realm of 35 years old, 34 years old. He's, he's up there. Um, and racing in the 250 class, he is a start monster. He just has the confidence necessary to get those starts, move up there. And um, I don't think there's anybody aside from maybe Justin Barsha who fights for a position more vehemently than than Vince Freezy. And, and you can question some of the tactics and the, and the cross-jumping that, that he uses to stay up there. Um, but he's going to drive these factory guys nuts all year, and uh, it's only a matter of time before somebody punts him, uh, or he punts somebody else, because he can play both sides of that coin. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm ex- I, I, I thought it was the absolute coolest to see Vince Freezy up there. Number one, you knew the guy was in the whole shot, and of course he did, and the way that he was, like, just leading laps and looked really comfortable, mm-hmm. it got me amped, man. I hope this is, like, I hope this is, like, a, like a cool little reju- like rejuvenated shot for his career, um, cause it was, it was great. I think he brings such a unique element of he's, he's not that, um, that young guy, uh, energy where we see a lot of rookies come in and make a ton of mistakes and they just ride all over the place and they're just banging off of this guy and, and ramming into this person and they've got a ton of speed, but they're just all over the place. Like, I think Vince has, uh, definitely raw speed. He's got a great race craft. And he's got tenure in the sport. I mean, he qualified well. Sport, but he can still, yeah, exactly. But he can still bang bars with these young guys. He can still ride like one of those young guys. If they want to get a little, a little lucky and, and run people in berms, he, he can ride that way too. So he's such a unique uh, person to be placed in a class like this that, like, I, I guarantee you we're going to see him have a lot more uh, a lot more top fives than not just based off of how comfortable he is in these crazy situations. So not every 450 guy can get dropped down into the 250 and uh, and be okay with it. They're all going to tell you, man, riding with these kids is so dangerous. They're just wide open. They don't care. Like they don't have any safety or turn for anyone else but themselves. They're just all over the place. But this is like, yeah, I can do it all day, man. Like it's great. And he's, he's a sketchy rider. He, he hits his marks. 
But man, if you want to tussle and get a little crazy, get a little crazy. So I'm excited, man. I think this is going to be really cool. Yeah, I I I couldn't agree more. This this is going to be an exciting series. Uh, also, before we move over to the 450s, shout out to uh, Robbie Wageman, who at one point was running top three, then slipped to fourth. He eventually ended up in eighth spot, but I think that's a career best, and uh, I think you're going to see more of uh, of the number uh, the number 69 machine up there and battling for uh, for at least. Um, privateer supremacy i know he's on the he's on a team he's not a full privateer but uh on like the with the, the team solitaire effort uh those guys are fantastic it's his third year with the team uh so they love him they're they're giving him great support and um i think uh and having two guys in the main event and making some noise so good on those guys for for being able to get that done with uh with both wageman and uh, eight spots back with uh Surratt as well Yeah, he's got really good support, uh, uh, Wageman, and I think the team really, um, really supports him in the right way. Don't really force, um, you know, their training or or, or their um, their process on his throat. They're there to just be you know, um, an extension of him in a way. So I think that's that's a lot of the, I guess, uh, like good results and just good vibes, good um, good improvement with this whole team to get better and better. I think that's a great reflection of the people that he's around, really, really lifting him up in the right way. And I think the same is going to happen for, you know, um, these, these two guys, you know, they're not to the class. They're they're used to, used to racing. They're used to being on, the, on these two bikes, especially. So I think uh, we're going to see a lot of good things popping, up, popping out of uh, out of Wade. And just the fact that he was running at front, that's going to give him a lot of confidence, too. It's going to give the team a lot of confidence. And I think they're going to expect themselves to be one of the top contending teams out there, which is great because we both know Team Solitaire is a great group of people. And uh, I think I, I think Wageman is in for some really good runs this season. So, on people right now, keep it on, uh, keep it on Wageman for sure. There you go. Well, uh, yeah. With that, let's uh, let's move things on over to the 450 class. Um, and before we get to the guy who uh, led uh, damn near every lap, if not, he did. He did. I think he did lead every lap. Um, in uh, in Ken Roxon, uh, I think we got to get to a little bit of controversy and uh, confrontation, which is not something you see uh, what's uh, very much in uh, in the sport. Uh, after the race, not only getting in uh, Marvin Muscan's face about uh, an ill-advised pass or maybe the execution of an ill-advised pass that it resulted in both riders going down, Malcolm Stewart, who qualified first in both practice sessions for the very first time, extremely um like a, a huge step forward as far as his um his riding for this uh for this last uh this last race he uh he lays the bike down and uh proceeded to absolutely berate um Muscan who it's a miracle that both of them ended up in the top 10 still having had a a pretty gnarly get off uh in that corner uh two 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 corners before the finish line. Uh, what was your take on that whole, uh, that whole old ordeal and, uh, um, and Malcolm just teeing off on his uh, sort of quasi teammate. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that was discussed as well. Yeah, I feel like uh, Mookie was a little bit just, with, I mean, obviously you never want to see people arguing and stuff like that, but I feel like he was justified, man. I mean, 
in the 450 class or maybe one of the, uh, you know, sophomore year 250 guys. But, I mean, come on, when you're, when you're running the guy like uh, that high in the berm to the point where – and deep in the berm to where you're both going to crash – that's a clear mistake. You know what I mean? That's, that's a, that's a takeout right there. So uh, I think Mookie was very justified. I thought it was a dumb move by Muskin. I mean, you're taking yourself out, man. You know how fast Muskin is, you know, he can, he can get wins and stuff. And to take yourself out of a race like that, just to pass a guy, like, come on, man, pass him, give, give it a couple, give it a lap. So it's like a different spot, but yeah, I mean, I, Felt like it was uh, it was justified for Mookie to, to be angry. I mean, at, at some point though, it's like, all right, Mookie. I mean, you can only yell at him for so long, and you know, nothing was really going to pop off with these pro riders. So, well, you know, what what is going to happen? But um, yeah, I, I thought what if a, Malcolm a really had, or what if Marvin had just like cracked him in the mouth, like just like uncharacteristically, that like that. Yeah, what if that happened? Yeah, that that would be that would be rad. So I'm a Mookie fan. But if Marvin started to brawl, started to throw hands, that would be dope. I think Marv's stock would go up. Surprisingly, um, Mookie fans would probably respect him. They wouldn't like him, but they would be like, you know what? I respect him for sticking for himself. And I think Mookie would be like, dude, I'm ready to brawl out too. Let's go. So I think that would have been a pretty interesting, interesting go, man. I, I guarantee you, Mookie wouldn't have, uh, you know, protected his head and just crossed on the ball like since Freezy, mm-hmm. you know, since Freezy. But uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty cool, man. I like uh, I like Malcolm's chances because uh, Marvin would probably turn to yeah. dust. He yeah. is a skeleton. Um, so um, yeah. other like, let's just let's jump straight into the results here. Uh, Ken Roxon with your your he was second qualifier, but I believe he did win the heat race. Did he not? Yes. He won his heat race, started yeah. first, yeah. led yeah. every yeah. single lap. He just, he, he uh, um, lasted through the pressure that Chase Sexton gave to him. I honestly think that if, if Sexton doesn't go down in the whoops there, uh, he probably ends up winning that race. I think he had a little bit more pace than Ken did. But uh, Ken just outlasted him, and he ended up winning by 11 seconds. Like that's that's a textbook way to yeah. to win a Supercross race. Uh, hats off to him, and I I, I bet there's going to be more of those this year. Oh, most definitely. And uh, one thing that I really respect about um, about Roxon is like he knows when to like when to back it down and when to like really really sprint so you'll see him sprint for those first like eight to ten laps and it'll kind of back it down maybe 80 percent and he's not really pressured by anyone who's behind him unless you're cooper webb um he's not really that pressured like you can see his teammate sexton was behind him for a minute man and was literally giving him all he can handle and ken didn't make a mistake ken didn't look like he was getting tired didn't think he was frazzled just paced him out and then wicked it up towards the end again you know it's it's just it's a really unique uh, way to race, and I think he's figured out the how to. I don't, I don't know if it's mentally, but how to how to approach these races in a way that is more favorable for him and creates the the offensive for the other guys. So um, it's it's really cool. And as a wrestling, I'm stoked to see him get a win. I'm stoked to see him, uh, you know, assert himself as the first guy to draw blood for this class. And I really, really, really hope that we do not get into yet another year where we have a whole head of steam in the first half and then it just falters out for the second half. I would rather see him take some seconds and thirds 
and be able to, to sustain a lot of this entertaining fight than see him knock off his win after win after win for the first, you know, eight or nine rounds. Yeah, no, definitely. Like Ken's no stranger than to, to starting a season hot. Uh, if he can uh, even, can he like maybe like he doesn't need to bring this to a boil, but like if he just do like a slow rolling simmer on uh, at this 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 pace, this these types of performances, uh, we're in for a treat here in uh, in 2022. Yeah. Kind of crazy to think of. Uh, this the time keeps marching on. Started doing this podcast back in 2014. Um, when I think Mar, uh, like I think that was. Um, Ken's rookie year on a 450. Crazy to think it's been that long. Um, but maybe, okay, two of the quietest rides belong to Cooper Webb, who didn't have great qualifying during the day or through the heat race, qualified ninth, sixth place start, and just sort of let the chaos around him happen. All of a sudden, second in point, second on the night, second in points, only three points back of his arch nemesis, um, Ken Roxon the number one in your program, not running the number plate next next week, but puts himself in a great position for the championship. Side note, uh, honorable mention for quietest night of the year, or uh, best result for the quietest night, is Joey Savacci's eighth. There's just, no one saw Joey Savacci all night. He was an absolute incognito, like, turned the lights off and just ghost mode, uh, got himself an eighth. So uh, both those guys on KTMs and uh, getting some work done. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool to see. Um, I did not expect Savachi to get a to get an eighth. I mean, I knew you know he's comfortable, um, you know, on, on on that bike, and um, and you see how well he kind of jumped with the team. But because that is just so so stacked, um, I I picked him probably getting outside the top ten for the first few races. But he he really beat a lot of good guys. I mean, he beat Brayton, Cicerillo, Anderson, AP. So I don't know if this is an indicator of, hey, Sabachi is here to play for the whole entire season, or that was just, there was just so much chaos and guys going down that he was able to kind of weave his way through, much like what you said Cooper Webb did. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, where he's going to be a lot better than we think he is, but he also maybe have, uh, didn't have all of the top guys really there the entire time during the race. Um, being there was so much carnage and stuff, but that was actually really, really cool to see uh, to see Savachi up there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of his, and um, I, I expect him to to continue to keep doing some cool stuff like this. If I had my way, at least it'd be it could be kind of like that. Certainly, uh, and, and wearing that uh, brand new Fly Racing uh, LE gear looked pretty good as well. Uh, honestly, um, if I want to give a like a like kid of the night out to uh honestly i i loved ken's stuff the, the stuff that ken roxon was wearing um ac looked good as well and his fox kit uh, a little bit uh different look than like from from a couple of the kits that they've been putting out lately uh they have a black and red stuff that looks like that as well as the gold and white and black uh but i loved it in the green um but i'm simple i like i like a clean look uh and and it's it's Head to toe, basically black and white, but still looked so good with the Rockstar logos on there. I got to give it to Seven and Mookie. Like it just it looked so good. I don't know what it is with the yeah. white bike yep. and the all black and the matte colored helmet. And maybe it's because he's angry and he was like foaming at the mouth talking to uh, Marvin after. But uh, it was a good look. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's coupled there with the black yeah. boots as well. Uh, tip to tail. Very, very, very clean look. 
I would agree. I definitely agree with that one. I also really Sexton's kit, man. I don't know what it is about that kit in a Honda with like the really the really full fitted Azar's uh, kit. He always has some like blue navy, some uh, yeah blue navy and red combos uh, with the red A stars. Man, it, it always looks clean. Plus, he's got one of the styles and mono technique is on point. It all just looks so clean to me. So I probably talk about him and Mookie in the same breath when it comes to uh, uh, your uh, your lit kits or as we like to coin it, drip check. For sure, absolutely. And I think uh, the biggest reason for that being is that Durham from from uh, Shift, people that haven't really noticed, Shift hasn't really come out with anything as of late. I think they have stuff this year, but I think Shift is essentially going to go by the wayside as far as Fox Racing is considered. Um, at least that's what my expectation is, uh, because their design team was essentially let go uh, about six months ago, roughly, um, and uh, maybe a little bit more, like longer ago than that. But uh, he was responsible for that. Uh, um, Michael Jordan, uh, the Bulls look that Sexton ran in, uh, I guess that was uh, the last round of the 2020 series. So I guess that wasn't longer ago that that, uh, that uh, the shift guys uh, got the heave ho. Uh, but Durham, who was over there, uh, he's been doing some uh, design work for Alpine Stars, and it shows. Yeah, all for sure. It's, it's just such a cool, clean look to see, like, all these really pretty freaking solid. Uh, I'm talking about the A-Stars the guys, man. I mean, just super, super cool, man. Like, holy crap. Like, red boots, red, navy blue offset. Oh, come on. Come on, Brad. This is going to get cleaner than that, man. Come on. No, it was uh, it wasn't even fair out there. Um, but um, let's talk about some other guys here. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like uh, opening round, he's going four for four. Still ends up on the podium. Plus, he's got a huge wrench in his pants. Is uh, Justin Barsha? Like I think it, it, like he really he won the night. Really, like as much as Ken Roxon gets the points lead, the bigger trophy and a bigger uh, uh, paycheck. Like Justin Barsha is on yeah. the podium. And he's got the world's tightest pair, like set of motocross gear. Uh, Troy Lee, just like, just giving you the outline, off, like dude. he's like Robert, like the Robert Plant torched. out there, <laughs> just out for everyone to see. Good for him, and, and good for his yeah. wife as well. Like that's fantastic. Just props to Marsha. Just showing off the route, man. Yeah, just, just off the route. Yeah, hundred percent. Just like check out the wrench on this guy. Um, Good to see them. <laughs> like, what, what what were your other uh, yeah, thoughts on Justin Barsha? Um, so I, I thought for sure we'd see a little bit more flash out of Barsha, especially since he's like the A1 king coming out in the first round. Um, but on a track this early, I'm sure he was just as happy with the third as he ever done with the win. Um, this is to salvage. But I thought he looked really, really cool, man. This is his second year in the bike. So a lot of the inconsistencies that I think we saw last year with that big fall off after um, the had and I believe it was Houston we kicked the series off with last year. I think he's going to be a little bit more consistent than last year, um, but I expect him to still go win. Barsha is one of the guys, um, and there aren't many of them uh, in the sport that year after year after year, as long as he has a good bike and he's comfortable, he will be a he will be a race winning. Con- I don't care if he's on Cowie, Gas Gas, 
a PM. If he likes the bike and he's comfortable, he's having fun, he will be up front. So um, I expect to see him to continue to, to get podiums, uh, battle up front, and I, I really see a win coming from him uh, pretty soon. So, um, I, and one thing that I, that I did notice also was his bike didn't really get too out of control on him. There's a lot of people that their bikes were bucking him around a lot. Um, and, you know, no bike is perfect, but holy crap, Barsha's bike stayed really solid. So whatever he's got going on with his settings, keep going. I think that just speaks volumes to the fact that he's been on the same bike for the last two years in a row. I think that's a uh, that's something that doesn't get uh, enough attention with these guys that they can have multiple years on the same platform and go back to settings that they know they love. Uh, Roxon's in the same boat, and uh, and you saw the proof in the pudding, and that turned itself into a win. Um, what did you see from the number three machine uh, all day? Uh, Tomac looked good. I think he looked better than he does he did on the Kawasaki at times. Um, obviously, like an eleventh place start is not what's going to get it done uh, weekend in, weekend out. If he can iron out those those starts, which we've been saying for the last decade or so, um, he can win. He can win all these races. Uh, finishes in the sixth spot. Um, crazy to think that Chase went down twice and still beat him. Uh, but, um, yeah, an eventful night for, uh, Eli Tomac, who ends up sixth. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I expected a lot more out of him. Um, and granted, looking back on it, you got to give the guy some slack. I mean, it's a whole new bike, whole new team. Um, you can't expect the guy to come out and exactly just set the world on fire, you know, given all those, those variables that you have to figure out, but still, um, I don't know. I, just, I expect uh, a rider of Tomac's caliber just to at least get a fight a little bit more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if this track just really didn't agree with him too much, or if it's just hey, the guy needs to take his time and he's got to figure this bike out over the next couple of weeks. It's gonna, you know, it's uh, gonna be a slow moving train uh, before we start getting steam. Or uh, hey, you know, it, it's just it's a fluke. Can be back next weekend. Ready for a win. So I, I can't tell quite which which it is yet. Uh, but you, but you got to know that he's got the potential to to win the title and and any given race that he wants to, right? So uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of this uh, this quiet ride by him. Fair enough. Uh, uh, that always happens at a a one though. You you can't take all like every every single. Uh, um result and just take it as the the gospel now that's what we're going to get for the rest of the year a lot of the stuff you need it's too small of a sample size and, and and guys are just have one off night and all of a sudden you paint them with a broad brush um i expect better nights for tomac he's going to win some races this year uh you can uh, i'd put money on it um let's talk about jason anderson i think the only the only uh mistake he made all day long was not getting away from justin barsha as quickly as he could when he made that pass like when you pass justin barsha you need to get the fuck out of the way uh because uh barsha's coming he's like he 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 probably plays that game better than anybody in the sport uh and he make he made uh um he made anderson pay pay for it um like it was like i talked to uh Jason, after the after the race, uh, it was water under the bridge. As far as he was, he also uh, made reference to a uh, uh, South Park episode that I I'm not sure that Kawasaki would be happy if I put it on my podcast, but I should anyway. Um, but either way, uh, um, yeah, like. Jason Anderson, solid ride. Uh, just uh, uh, the only mistake on his part was uh, not expecting um, Justin Barsha to blow his doors off. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was tough to watch. And yeah, to your to your point, man. You figure riders would know by now, man. If you're gonna pass like Barsha, like you better freaking run. You run. not and get on the inside of you because like, it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, I was in, I was right there and the minute he passed him and you know, a bunch of creep up, like, Jason, run, dude. Or, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't cut over on him, but like, protect, guard that inside a little bit or like, or just let him, let him get you back a little easy and then walk to the next one. But holy crap, man, like, I, you saw that coming from a mile away. You can't tell me that Jason was like, angry. Maybe that's where a lot of the, the lack of anger and then all the came from, Jason was probably like, you know what? I should have knew better. Like, I, I, I know who I'm racing again. You know what I mean? I know how this is, this is supposed to go. So, um, who knows? Yeah, he's, and and, uh, and Barsh has got himself some Team Fried uh, gear now. So, that works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I expected Jason to be, like, a lot closer up front, man. Even even in practice, I thought he'd, he'd like, be on the grass at the time, some, like, really, really, like, solid lap times. If you would have asked me who would have had a faster lap, him or Mookie, I probably would have said Jason Anderson, based off of the way he looked in Austin training. That just goes to show you that, you know, Mookie is an animal when it comes to an actual event. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought Jason would have a, a lot better of a show. He's probably, I wouldn't say... He should have been, he should have been top, he should have been top three. Like, he had top three oh, speed, for sure, for sure. Like, if he, not, if he doesn't get taken down he, there, and then he, I think he, he went backwards surprise. a little bit more after yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, he, I think he he definitely. had it. He, he, he shock. He had the biggest shock of the year for sure, or biggest biggest shock of the race. I, I thought he would do a lot better. Not that he let me down. But he's one guy. I really thought that he would he would have performed much much better than what we're seeing. I, I think, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this right now. Jason Anderson wins Oakland. Ooh, Jason Anderson Oakland wins before. Oakland. His, his he's won it before. In fact, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of his last wins that he had in 2018, uh, when uh, when the track was all gnarled up and stuff like that. Like it, it was early Dude. in the season. Super cute. Yeah, that 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 was the year where. Uh, um, uh, he sort of, I think that was the week that he grabbed the points lead. Um, but, uh, cause that, I think that was the year that Kenny, no, Marvin had the points lead early and then, uh, cause he won a one and then, uh, then Jason won Houston and then it went back to a, then it went back to a two and that was a triple crown race that Eli won. Which is weird, and then um, I can't remember who had the points lead, and then uh, and then Anderson took it there, took it shortly after that, and just sort of like I don't think he won many races late late in the season, but uh, Jason Anderson, my pick for Oakland. I think he's he's got the good vibe for Oakland. I feel like if if he retired today, he'd go back, he'd, he'd go live in Oakland because he he vibes with that world right there. That or back to New Mexico and just and hmm. just li- live live like a little cholo. And enjoy himself. Um, <laughs> Lift it up. So, um, give me give me your uh, prediction for podium, uh, two fifty class and four fifty class. Uh, before I let you go here on the Big MX Radio podcast, uh, brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars, Fox Racing Canada, as well as Guts Racing and uh, Throttle Timepieces. Oh man, 
Superlative to give him that big belt with Christian Craig again. I just don't see anybody who's uh, who's got him uh, this year when it comes to to race wins. Um, I'm going to say it's uh, getting Craig second place. I'm going to give it to uh, to Thrasher third. I'm going to say that it's going to uh, Joe Shimoda. I think Joe's got a lot to uh, to prove, and I think he's he's going to be fuming from that ride he had last week when he hit the gate. Um, that one's that one's a little. Going to throw a Hail Mary out and say Barsha into next weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Roxon second, and I'll say Webb in third. Fair enough. I'm going to go. Obviously, I just already called it, so I'm going JA21 uh, for the win, followed by Coop and Sexton uh, in the 450 class, and then 250s. Uh, I think that. Um, Seth Hamaker gets his first uh, win of the year, followed by Michael Moseman and Christian Craig. That's my top three. Uh, so uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Hopefully we both do better in Pulpamex Fantasy. Again, if you were listening to this, you didn't get in on the uh, Pulpamex Fantasy League, please direct message me either on Bigamex Radio on Instagram or Brad Gebhardt 88 Connect with me. I would love to have you on the, uh, in, the, in the league. Hope Maybe you had a, a good first week. Uh, I will allow people to join uh, past the, the deadline. Uh, it's 20 bucks US. Uh, you can PayPal it to me. Just uh, direct message me, and we'll get the details out to you and uh, and get more people playing uh, with Big MX Radio League uh, on Pulpamex Fantasy. So, uh, Dave, uh, last uh, last words before we hang up the phone on you. Uh, I'm excited for this season. I can't wait. Um, I encourage people to check out the CollectiveXP.com. Yes. If you're looking to get a career in moto. Hang out with people like uh, Big Mix Radio's Brad Gebhardt and some really, really influential industry insiders that can get you connected and launch you into a career within uh, the motocross world. Just stop, check us out on Instagram at Collective uh, EX and contact at the Collective XP.com. We've got a lot of riders that need support. Uh, and that's mechanic support, video support. Uh, crew chief support, managerial support. Well, if you're if you're interested in an uh, entry job, we can facilitate and get you where you need to be. Love it, man. Well, uh, you have yourself a great rest of your day. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, like Dave said, if you're interested in the collective experience, you want a, a job in the motocross industry, uh, hit up Dave, find out more, as well as you can always go to MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com and find out uh, what jobs are currently available within the industry. There's there's literally hundreds of jobs out there, uh, whether it be working at a dealer or maybe you end up as a cruise sheep over at Team PRMX, uh, like Brandon Mazika. Thanks for, having, thanks for coming on the show, Dave. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, let's cut it off right there. <laughs>